Zokte heilige mishne lamet testament beis mishoyu peyosav peyacheres. A person had his peyos in a different city. Veirvu peyosayir lahavi etzloi mi peyosav. The people in that city made an eriv to bring him his fruit. They wanted to bring him his fruit, so they made an eriv. So basically, he can't walk to that city, but they can walk to his city. So because they made an eriv. Then how to bring him his pears because his pears go after his tchum and he's not to go to that city. So his pears are stuck in that city. If he made an Erev, pears of Kamayo. His pears go together with his Erev. A person invited guests on Yom Tif from a different city and they were coming. They made an Erev. He can't give them portions to take home with them because they're not allowed to take it home. It belongs to him and it goes after his tchum. Unless he made a zechia that and that he was mezaka to them, their manis. So now they own the manis from before Yom Tif. So now they can bring it home. No problem because it belonged to them before Yom Tif. So basically the same concepts that we had before. If you own it before Yom Tif, if it was in your shus before Yom Tif, then the halacha is, you're allowed to bring it wherever you, where the person is allowed to bring it. And if not, the halacha is, he's not allowed to. Itmar zakti gemara mafkid, peiris, eitzel chaveray. A person is mafkid, peiris, by his friend. You give a pikodin to somebody. Whose raglayim do the peiris belong to? Rav, Rav says, it goes after the nifka, the one that is watching the item. It is considered in his rishus. And you're allowed to bring it wherever you're allowed to walk. Shmuel Amar, Kiragli Amafkid. And Shmuel says, like the Raglayim of the Mafkid, like the one that gave over the Pikadid. So Shmuel holds, it goes after the owner. And Rav holds, it goes after the Nifkad. Now, Pikadid, it's very important to keep in mind. Let's say someone lends you flour before Yom Tov. We discussed before. A person lends you something before Yom Tov. Then there's no machlaikis, Rav and Shmuel, who's Raglaim, it goes after. When you lend somebody something and he's using it, for sure it goes in his rishos. The only question is when you're giving a pikadid, we tell the Rabbi Nishlam, biyadcha afkid ruchi. When you go to sleep, you give the Rabbi Nishlam your ruach as a pikadid. When the Rabbi Nishlam gives you your neshama, that's not really a pikadin, even though some Rishonim say it is. But really a pikadin is something you cannot use. You're not allowed to use the pikadin. You're a guard. You're a guardian on the pikadin. You're not borrowing it. You're watching it. That's what a pikadin is. You have no right to use it. So over here, so when you give your nishama to the Rabbi Nishlam at night, he doesn't use it. He just holds it for you. So maybe he's considered piyadchav kedruchi. But when he gives it to you, you use it the whole day. So that wouldn't constitute a pikadin. So here also, the Machlaikis Rav and Shmuel is in a case of Pikadin, meaning you're giving it to him, he has no right to use it, it's just an Ezrashos. Rav says, since it's an Ezrashos, the Allah is, it goes after his Raglayim, and Shmuel says, it goes after your Raglayim, you're the owner. Let's say they go to Shittah, say the Tanan. Pez Hashem, you are going to learn, we are going to know Meseches Baba Kama in Yerushalayim, we are Kadesh, and over there we are going to see the Allah is like this. You have to watch your shar. So let's say you brought your shar and you brought some pats and some fruit into somebody else's chatzar. 
Is the other person responsible? It's a very relevant Shiloh. You get, you, you, someone gives you a shush to leave something in his property. Is he responsible for that item? Or is he just giving you a shush? You let you, someone use your shed. Are you now responsible for that thing that you let him use your shed? Or are you being a tzaddik? You're letting the guy use your shed. Very nice. But it doesn't give you responsibility to watch the item that's in the shed. So really, when it comes to a shar, there's two aspects to watching the shar. Number one, you have to make sure that the shar doesn't get damaged. Let's say you let someone else put his shar in your backyard. So are you accepting responsibility that you're going to watch the shar that it shouldn't get damaged? And are you expecting responsibility that you're watching the shar that it shouldn't damage others? Or are you just being a tzaddik and letting someone else use your property, but you're not accepting any responsibility at all? So that is a Mishnah in Mesechah's Babakama. And the Mishnah says, if someone come, if you allow the person to come into your Rishos, Baal HaChatzer Chayev, the one that owns the Chatzer is responsible for everything that happens in his Rishos, which is an amazing thing. You're a Tzaddik and you bear responsibility for being a Tzaddik. Very interesting thing. That's what the Chum hold. Rabbi Yermino, they're only responsible if the Balabayas accepts responsibility clearly. But if he doesn't accept responsibility, he's a tzaddik, he let him come in. He doesn't take any responsibility for what happens to the shah when it's there. So Rav, Ravun in the name of Rav, says that Allah is like the Chum. When you let somebody into your shus, what you're, you're accepting all liability for that item. When it comes into your shows, that's Rav's shita. Shmuel Omar, halachic Rabbi. And Shmuel says over there, no, we pass in the Rabbi that you are not accepting liability unless you specify it. So the Gemara says like this. And Rav in our Mishnah that says, in our Gemara that says, that when someone gives you a Pikadin, it goes completely into your shows. The one that is the Nifkad, the one that has the Pikadin, he is considered the owner regarding Tchumen. So the Gemara is assuming that's like the Chalim. When you give somebody something, he accepts all liability, he accepts everything. That's Rav Lishitasai. And Shmuel by us that says that it is not considered as a shos, he is going like Rabbi. Again, Rabbi holds, you're not accepting liability. So Mela, Shmuel saying like Rabbi. Rav says, I'm going even according to Rabbi. Again, Rabbi said over there that you are not accepting responsibility. Ad Rabbi Rabbi only said over there, Only that if you didn't specify that you're accepting responsibility, we assume that you're not accepting responsibility. Meaning over there, the reason why you're not accepting responsibility is because you talk and never accept responsibility. You never specified that you're going to accept responsibility. So you don't have responsibility. But over here, once you accept the responsibility, so that even Rebbe would agree that you get full-fledged achrayas on the item, and it goes after your aglaim. B'kitzer, the machlaikah says, no shaykh, Rebbe over there was just saying, that if you don't specify that you're accepting responsibility, we assume that you're not accepting responsibility. That's all. But once you accept responsibility, Rebbe's going to agree that the responsibility is total. That is the Gemara's answer in Rav. And Shmuel says something similar the other way. Yeah, I could say even according to the Abadan. Can they come here, awesome. The Abadan only said over the air, a person wants that his shar should be in the rishos 
of the owner of the chater, the mazik that he shouldn't be responsible for his hazik. So when you bring your shah your shar into somebody else's shahs, your das is that it should that the person should be your responsibility. The owner of the chater should be your responsibility for the item. to Paris. Over here, you don't necessarily want that. You're giving someone al pikadan to watch. You don't necessarily have in mind that he should take jurisdiction over the item vasapis. When you're dealing with a shar, you want the guy to have jurisdiction because you want him to be responsible for the shar. And if a, if a shar is a da- is a dangerous item, you want him to be responsible. But when it comes to Paris, you don't really care that much. Maybe you'd rather stay by Yerushos. So therefore, the two machleksim have no shaykhis. And therefore, even Shmuel that says by us, it does not go into his rishos over there, could be he holds, it does go into his rishos. So basically, we have machlaikas when you're watching something for somebody else, does it go after your rishos or does it go after his rishos? Tanah the Mishnah says, Im irif hu, peroisav, If you made an Erev, so we said in the Mishnah, so you have fruit in a different city. If you made an Erev, the peris go after your fruit. If you're going to say, if you're going to say it goes after the person that is watching the Pikadin, what's the difference if he made an Erev? Even if you made an Erev, those people are the Nifkadim. They're watching your fruit. You have your fruit in a different city. They're watching your fruit in the other city. So, if they're watching your fruit, they own, we look at it as if they own the fruit. It doesn't go after you, it goes after them. They're the nifkad, they're watching the fruit. So why in the world would the Mishnah say, it goes after you when you have fruit in a different city, l'chayra, it should go after them. They're watching the fruit. We're talking about that they gave you a specific corner that you're allowed to keep your fruit in. If they're watching it and they move it wherever they want, so then it goes into their issues. But if they say, you know what, we're going to leave your fruit in this corner, this is your safe deposit box, we're leaving your items there. Then it is still considered in your issues. Because since you have a special makim to keep it, we view it as if it's in your issues. And even according to Rav's Shita, the will be, it, and it stays in your issues if you have a Karen's office. A person invited Archim to himself, to his house. He cannot stand with him, with them uh, uh, portions. Unless you are Mizaka to, to them the portions from Arabiyam. That's the mission said. If you Mizaka them the portions, then they could take it home. If you're going to tell me it goes after the one that is watching it, why does it help that you are mezake them, their portions? Well, Amaisa, you're the nifkad. You're watching their portions for them. You were mezake to them portions. Then you put it in your refrigerator. So you're watching their portions. So l'chayah, according to Rav, it goes after your aglaim, not after their aglaim. So l'chayah, what does the Mishnah say? That if you're mezake, you invite someone for yamtiv and you let him take, over, take home some food, l'chayah, he shouldn't be able to take it home because you were the nifkad from before Yamtiv, and a male that goes in your shoes, it should go after your raglayim, not after his raglayim. So, to Gemara, my have a hachanami, I skipped a line, 
No. Hachanami kivin shazikal hamadi yacher kimishiicha loy karen zavis dami. It's as if you made because you're mezaka them. So we, it's as if you made a set place that they're holding on to it. Because you're meyachin it for them. So meila, it stays in erishos. It does not enter yerushos. It's not like a regular case of an ifkat. When you're mezakit, you specifically were mezakit that you want them to be able to take it home. So you're never going to take jurisdiction back that you should be the nifkat because you want them to be able to take it home. So when you're a das, your das is that you're still holding on to it and therefore it goes after your tchum. Rav Chana Barachani Loi Tala Bisra Be'ivra Dadasha story. Rav Chana Barachani Loi hung meat in Ivra Dadasha, which is like the, the lock by the door. He hung a piece of meat by the door. Also, look at Rav Huna. He came to Rav Huna and asked him, is he allowed to take the meat? He told him, if you hung it, you can take the meat. If they hung it for you, you're not allowed to take the meat. So the Gemara is going to discuss, what's the difference if you hung it or they hung it? What should be the nafkimina if you're allowed to take the meat or not? Fair to Gemara. So the Gemara is not sure what the discussion is here. What's the Isser? What's the Heter? So that's the Gemara is going to go through. The Iu Taila Mishake. Let's say he took, let's say he hung the meat. Is he allowed to take the meat? The Haravuna Talmud de Rav Hava. Ravuna was a Talmud of Rav. The Amarav Karagli Mishiv Kidiatzlai. Lechaira, they were the people that were watching Rav Chana Bachanilai's meat. See, even if he hung the meat, the Chayyot should go after their Raglayim, because they are the ones that are watching it. And Rav Shita is that, that, that you go after the person that's watching it. So the Chayyot Rav Huna is a Talmud of Rav, and the that it should go after the Raglayim of me, Shev Kidiyasta, which is actually a fascinating thing, because Rav Huna, was also a Talmud of Shmuel. But the Gemara here seems to say that Rav Huna's main Rebbe was Rav. So Melitz Mistaver, that Rav Huna holds like his Rebbe Rav, and Amel Lechaira, he is going to hold that we actually had on top of the Yamad when we brought to Machlaikis Rav and Shmuel by the case of Shar, we said, Omer Rav Huna, Amer Rav, Halachik Devichicham Rav Huna was quoting his Rebbe Rav. So apparently Rav Huna held like his Rebbe that you go after the Raglayim of the Nifkad. So Lechaira, you see from here that you should go after the Nifkad. So Lechaira, even, even if he hung it, Lechaira, the Halacha should be that he's not going to take it because it goes after the Raglayim of the people that hung it. So I think right now, Shani Ivra Dadasha, Ivra Dadasha, which is a set place in the house, to Kemisha Yichid Loi, Karen Zavis Dami. It's as if you're Miyachide, Karen Zavis, you're Miyachide, special corner. You didn't, because you gave a specific area that the meat is hanging. So it's as if it's a Karen Zavis, like we said before, when there's a Karen Zavis, it does not go in the Nifkad Zushas. It stays in the owner's rishos. If there's a Karen Zavis, the male over here, even if they hung it, your Dalach is, even if you hung it, I'm sorry, even if you hung it, Dalach is, you're allowed to take it, even though they were a Nifkad, because it was in a Karen Zavis. But we didn't finish explaining the, why if they hung it, could you not take it? So Pashtas, if they hung it, the way the Gemara is assuming now, if they hung it, you can't take it, because then they own it meaning they're in charge. If you hung it, then you're in charge. So that's the Gemara is going to ask. Why is it considered, if they hung it, why is it considered that it goes after their Rishos? Let's say they hung it. You know how to take it? We said before, if you have a Shar, 
of someone that fattens Shvarim. So then the halacha is the Shar goes after the Raglayim of everybody because we assume he's fattening the Shar for everybody. So here also, when they're hanging the meat, so they're hanging the meat for you. They weren't hanging the meat for them. They were hanging it for you. So it shouldn't be worse than a Shar shall pat them. Just like a Shar shall pat them, even though it's in his house and he's fattening the Shar, but he's not keeping it for himself, he's going to sell it. So the this meat, because even though they hung it, but the they hung it for Avchan and So the he should be allowed to take it. Shiloh number one. Fred to Gemara, Amalei. That's one Shiloh. That's Rev Hillel's Shiloh. Amalei Avinu Levashi. Avinu Estevashi. Vinu Talalei. If they hung it, Loi Shakil, you're not allowed to take it. Fahmi Rabbi Bachonim Yechadan. Halacha Kabdaisa. We said two blood ago. We passing like Abdaisa. Abdaisa said, when you give your animal over to a shepherd, the halacha is it goes after the Raglayim. Of the shepherd, if there's only a sh- if there's only one shepherd in the city, it goes after the aglaim of the shepherd. This case shouldn't be different than that. They hung the meat for you, so Mela they hung the meat for Chani It should go after him. He it's, it, once you hang, once you do something for somebody else, lechayra it should go after that individual. It should be in, it should be in his rishos. Shalom number two, Shalom number three. Let's say they hung it. You know how to take it for tenad. Stam, a, a basic Shiloh. The Mishnah says before, Behema and Kalim go after the Raglayim of the one that owns it. So the Chayah here also, Evchani Bachani Loi owned it. The Chayah, this, this story does not make sense. Why, if they hang it, should it be worse? It belongs to him. It doesn't make a difference who hung it. The Chayah, he should be allowed to take it. So the Gemara switches gears and the Gemara introduces us to a whole new concept. Ela Shani of Chani Loi. Is different. He is a great person. What makes him a great person? I would say he probably fasts Monday and Thursday. He flies to Chveis to, to go do Chesed and Staka. He's a great Haskin. He's busy. He has a lot of things to do. He doesn't have so much time. He's a He's a great person. A great Sarish Shiva. Great No, that's not what makes a person a great person. To gather Rabbi who is a great person, the Torah Bishmaite. He is Torah in his learning. He doesn't even say he was such a great Talmud Chacham. He obviously was. But the reason why he was a great person was because he was Torah Bishmaite. And we had that in the Gemara in Brachis. The Gemara in Brachis, I believe it was in Davdalad, or Davhiyam and Alf. The Gemara says that the reason why Talmud Chacham does not have to say Kriyashma Shalamita is because when he goes to sleep, He's thinking about his learning. He's not thinking about his business. He's thinking about his learning. That's a Gavir Abba. A Gavir Abba is someone that's not focused on business and money. He's focused on Torah. He has a job, but he's focused on Torah. So Melev Chanimach and Eloi was busy with his Shemaitei. And what they tell him? If you hung the meat, then obviously you have a simon in the meat. Veloi maschis so then you were not Mesiyach Das, you know which meat is yours, you know that it's your meat, because when you hang it, you have a simon in the meat. So Mela what? So Mela Zil Shkol, you're allowed to take it, because we know there's a halacha of Basar, Shenis Alam and Ayin. If you have meat that is left in a place, that there is a potential that a guy can take it. If you leave your house and you close your refrigerator, and you have meat in your refrigerator, that is not a problem, a bosh and a salmonayin, because there's no goyim around. So there's no cheshash that a guy is going to take it. There's no halacha that you have to stay up all night and watch your meat. 
Pasuk Salmanayim means if there's a potential that someone might switch it, the halacha is, we pass like this, the halacha is you have to uh, make a simon on it. That's the reason why whenever you get a delivery from a meat store, you get it double, double sealed because Allah is Bashan Asalam and is Asir. And because they're sending it with some shagits, they have to make sure that it's the same meat. So they put a seal on it. So here you have the same Allah. Apparently, there was a chashash, a bus, there was a chashash that the bus might get switched. It's a big discussion, actually. If, there's no, if a guy has no monetary gain, are we chashish that he's going to switch? The famous story that everybody knows on the plane that the guy was sitting his sandwich and he went to wash and he came back. And the guy next to him said, oh, why are you not eating? And then he decided he's not eating it. And the guy said, why are you not eating your sandwich? He said, because Boston is Alman I and is us there. The guy said, oh, Mamish, you saved yourself because I switched. I took, I wanted to taste some of your meat. Many places can say that story is baloney because it's not so partial that it would be us there. Because if the guy has nothing to gain, it's very possible that it won't be us there. It's a discussion. Yesh line, if that's called something to gain or not. But Agabon, that's the story of a, 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 a typical example of Boston is Alman I and Yesh line. Weird the situation is, but Akabadim, a person doesn't have a cleaning lady in his house. Pashtis, there's no, not Pashtis, there's no Isser, Pashtis, Almanayan. It's only if you have a cleaning lady, you have someone around, and there's no no one coming in and out, then you could have a problem. Abbasar, Shinas Almanayan. So, may over here, if he hung it, so then he has a simon, and he's not Messiah Dasimit. If he didn't hang it, so then he doesn't have a simon, he wasn't paying attention so much, he's tired. Bishmaite. If they are good for you, so then there's no simon. Obviously, you may see das from the meat, and therefore you cannot take the meat. Why? Because here, Avchan Bachanilai was busy with learning, so he wasn't paying attention to meat. So, Meila, Allah is, he's not to take it. Zok de Heilige Mishnah, Ein Mashkin. You are now allowed to give to drink and to shecht the midbarius. They used to give animals to drink before they shechted it, that it should be easy to skin the animals. So there's two kinds of animals that a person could have. There's an animal that roams free in the midbar, and then there's an animal that hangs around the bias. The animal that roams free in the midbar, you don't have das on it, it's muksa. You never, you don't, you're not thinking about taking it now. Eventually, it comes back, like we'll see. But right, it's muktzah. You don't have das on yom so you can't go run to the midbar and pull out your closest cow because that cow is considered muktzah because it's in the midbar. So that's the halacha with midbarius. But avomashkin v'sheichtenesabaisis, the animals that hang around the house, there, you're, those are your ladder sheichtes. Talking about yom tov, obviously, your ladder sheichtes. Why? Because not muktzah. That's the Mishnah says. Elohim Baisis, what are considered Baisis? Halon is beer. They sleep in the city, even if they're not mamish in your backyard. If they sleep in the city, they're considered Baisis. They're not considered Muktzah. Midbarius, Halon is Bafar. Midbarius are the animals that sleep in the pasture. They go out and they sleep in the pasture and they don't come back. So male, they're considered Midbarius. You don't have das on them. So male, they're Muktzah. Fatigimar, Lomali, Lameimar, Mashkin, Vishaychtim. Why does the Mishnah say? That you should, you could give to drink and shecht. Where the point is to shecht has nothing to do with giving to drink. So Milsa It's coming to teach you a monetary benefit. Telishki inish A person should give his animal to drink. and then shechted misham sircha demashcha that the skin should come off properly. It shouldn't get, it shouldn't come off PC if it's very wet. So the skin comes off smooth. 
So Mela, the Gemara is saying a milsa agavurchi kamashlan, which is an amazing thing. Usually we have milsa agavurchi kamashlan a halacha, something that we have to learn, a important halacha. Here the Gemara is saying a monetary thing. Chazal very concerned about chasatayra almanim sheyisrael. I tell you a monetary thing. Give the give the thing. Give the animal to drink before you shecht it. That you should be able to get good leather. You should be able to get good skin. Which ones are midbarius and which ones are bases? Midbarius, the ones that go out on Pesach, meaning in the spring. And they, they uh, graze in the Afar. They come back in in Revier Rishayna. When's Revier Rishayna? Anybody know? Huh? Revier Rishayna is right now. Revi Rishon is now in the first rain. Is Revi Rishon? That's why in Eretz they're starting to say they have a saying Talamata in Chutzlitz. We don't say it for not two months. But in Eretz they start saying right away in the Revi Rishon, which is in the beginning of Cheshvan. I think they're starting next week. They're starting to say the saying Talamata. It gets complicated if you're planning on traveling to Eretz Yisrael. Bacher gets complicated. There's a good two month gap between when they start and when we start. But I'll go upon him. The, uh, and the and the Cheshvan is because they go after the Revia Rishayna. The Revia Rishayna is in Cheshvan, the first rain. So these animals go, and it's all doesn't rain during the summer. So the animals go out, Pesach, they hang out a whole summer, a whole, a whole spring, a whole summer, a whole fall, and they come in for the Revia Rishayna. They come in, in the beginning of Cheshvan. Those are considered Baisis. Those, I'm sorry, those are considered Midbarius because they're away for so long. They are considered midbaris, even though technically they come back in the winter. Palamaisa, they are considered midbaris, according to the first shita. Veiloin bases. These are animals that are considered domesticated. They're in the house. They go and they graze outside the tchum. They come back in and they sleep within the tchum. So according to this shita, in order for your animal to be considered a bases, it has to come back every night. If it doesn't come back every night, you cannot. Uh, the Allah is you can't uh, you can't shecht it. According so, and, and if it goes out in the spring, you can't shecht it. It's considered muktza. That's Tanakam Shita. Rabbi Yemino Elov Elov Baisis saying Rabbi says they're both considered Baisis. Even if it goes out in Pesach and comes back in, it's considered Baisis. Because if you think about it, if it goes out Pesach and it comes out of Yerushalayim, it's never here for Yom Tov. Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot are all in the spring, the summer, and the fall, so the animal's not even here for Yom Tov. So obviously, you have to go out to the pasture to go pull him in. So according to the Tanakhama, that would be considered Moksa. If he says, no, as long as he comes in in the winter, even if you have to go fetch him on Yom Tov, that loch is, it's not considered Moksa. Ela Eloheim Midbarius, what are considered Midbarius? They go out and they're They never come back into the Yishav. They stay out forever. Now, it doesn't mean they stay out forever because you have no purpose in owning a cow that's going to stay out forever. It means that eventually you're going to go get it. But I can put them technically, it just stays there. And how do you know that it's it? Obviously, you brand them, whatever you do with a cow, to know which cow is yours. But obviously, you brand the cow. And even if it's far away, it's still, and if it goes all the way away, then it's considered midbarious. But if it comes back in, even if it only comes back in in the winter, it is considered bisis. So this is the Machlaikis. So Frank the Gemara Akasha. 
So first of all, you see from here that if a person comes back to the Rabbani Shalom, just on Mashani Yom Kippur, he's still considered a bice. It's a whole year, he's running wild, he has to come back. If he comes back to Mashani Yom Kippur, he's still defined as a bice. So say bice text. Rabbi is going with a whole shtickle tire. If you have muktzah, what's muktzah? What's not muktzah? Rabbi does not hold of muktzah. Rabbi asked his father, Rabbi Yeshayla, Patsile Temara Lerab Shimon Mahu. Patsile Temara are unripe dates. So sometimes the dates come off that they're unripe. So what they do is they make like these cases, like these containers that keep the dates warm and then they ripen inside these containers. These containers are made out of lulavim, made out of uh, palm tree leaves. So that, so as long as they're in there, you have no das, take them out. You left them in there in order that they should be, the dates should be finished. So the question is, according to Shimon, are you allowed to break it open and take out the patsile tomorrow? That was a shy. That was a Shimon Rebbe. Asked Rebbe, Amalei, ain't only holds of Muktzah by Gregus Vitsimaikim. Gregus Vitsimaikim means things that are sitting on the roof that you leave to dry out, that you don't have das on them at all. That's Reb Shimon holds of Muktzah. So what do you see? You see that he, Rebbe himself, holds like Reb Shimon. That doesn't hold a muktzah. That's what Rebbe's telling his son, Reb Shimon. He doesn't hold like Reb Shimon by Rebbe. He's telling him that he holds like Reb Shimon ben Yechai. That doesn't hold a muktzah. So why? So apparently he wouldn't, that's one of the truths. But apparently he wouldn't entertain it sad that Rebbe wouldn't come and say a shita according to Reb Shimon if we don't pass like Reb Shimon. Right. Apparently the Gemara is assuming that that, that obviously he's going, obviously going, right, right, it's not again, yeah, apparently. Rebbe happened to have been a shtickle Talmud of Shimon Yechai, a shtickle Talmud of Shimon Yechai, maybe that was part of it, huh? Shmuel Sefer, Luminaries for Life, very soon we'll get there. What are we holding? We're holding, no, we're holding still one we have a while to get there. But I can very soon we'll get there. But anyway, you see the Rebbe holds like Shimon, so the Chayef Rebbe holds like Shimon, what? Hey, why was he clearing the Shiloh? What's a basis? What's a midbar? It doesn't make a difference. According to Shimon, there's no muksa. Really, these animals, if they're midbarious, they're like Gregus and Tzimaikim. Rabbi just said that Gregus and Tzimaikim, Shimon agrees. So these animals that hang out in the field and never come back, they're also like Gregus and Tzimaikim, and Shimon would also agree to that muksa. So that's why Rabbi got involved in the Shiloh, because Rabbi holds like Shimon. Rabbi doesn't own the muksa. But these are like Gregus and Tzimaikim, even if Shimon would agree. That's Tarot's number one. He's only going according to Abshimon, and he does he personally does not hold like Abshimon. So when he was responding to his tal- to his son, he was telling him according to Abshimon Shita, but in Echanami, Rebbe himself does yes hold a muktza, and therefore Rebbe had a discussion regarding the animals. According to the last Teretz, he is going with the Vayim Derabonin, and we're going to leave the last Teretz for our Cheshvah Messiah. Bez Hashem.